This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. If you give the government an inch, it will always take a mile. This is how the slippery slope to all-out persecution starts. This particular slippery slope has to do with the government's use of geofence technology, which uses cell phone location data to identify people who are in a particular area at any given time. First, police began using geofence warrants to carry out dragnet sweeps of individuals near crime scene. Then the FBI used geofence warrants to identify individuals who were in the vicinity of the Capitol on January 6, 2021. It wasn't long before government officials in California used cell phone and geofence data to track the number and movements of churchgoers on church grounds during the COVID-19 lockdowns. If we've already reached the point where people praying and gathering on church grounds merits this level of government scrutiny and sanctions, we're not too far from free-falling into a total surveillance state. Dragnet geofence surveillance sweeps can and eventually will be used to target as a suspect every person in any given place at any given time and sweep them up into a never-ending virtual lineup in the hopes of matching a criminal to every crime. There really can be no overstating this danger. The government's efforts to round up those who took part in the January 6th Capitol protest provided a glimpse of exactly how vulnerable we all are to the menace of a surveillance state that aspires to a godlike awareness of our lives. Relying on selfies, social media posts, location data, geotagged photos, Facial recognition, surveillance cameras, and crowdsourcing, government agents compiled a massive data trove on anyone and everyone who may have been anywhere in the vicinity of the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Included in the data roundup were individuals who may have had nothing to do with the protest, but whose cell phone location data identified them as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You didn't even have to be involved in the Capitol protest to qualify for a visit from the FBI. Investigators reportedly tracked and questioned anyone whose cell phones connected to Wi-Fi or pinned cell phone towers near the Capitol. One man who had gone out for a walk with his daughters only to end up stranded near the Capitol crowds actually had FBI agents show up at his door days later. Using Google Maps, agents were able to pinpoint exactly where they were standing and for how long, believe it or not. The massive amount of surveillance data available to the government is now staggering. As investigative journalists Carl Warzel and Stuart Thompson explain, and I'm quoting here, this surveillance data provides an intimate record of people, whether they are visiting drug treatment centers, strip clubs, casinos, abortion clinics, or places of worship. In such a surveillance ecosystem, we're all suspects and data bits to be tracked, cataloged, and targeted. Forget about being innocent until proven guilty. Although the Constitution requires the government to provide solid proof of criminal activity before it can deprive a citizen of life, liberty, the government has turned that fundamental assurance of due process on its head. Now, thanks to the digital trails and digital footprints we all leave behind, you start off guilty and have to prove your innocence. In the age of overcriminalization, when the average American unknowingly commits at least three crimes a day, there is no one who would be spared. The ramifications of over-empowering 
The government to sidestep fundamental due process safeguards are so chilling and so far-reaching as to put a target on the back of anyone who happens to be in the same place where a crime takes place. Sane or sinner, it doesn't matter because we're all being swept up into a massive digital data dragnet that does not distinguish between those who are innocent of wrongdoing, suspects, or criminals. Case in point, consider what happened to Calvary Chapel during COVID-19. Government officials in Santa Clara County, California, issued a shelter-in-place order in March 2020, dictating whom residents could see, where they could go, what they could do, and under what circumstances. County officials imposed even harsher restrictions on churches, accompanied by the threat of crippling fines for those that did not comply with the lockdown orders. Then Santa Clara officials reportedly used geofence surveillance technology to monitor the concentrations of congregants at Calvary Chapel during the COVID-19 lockdowns in 2020 and 2021, using their findings to justify levying nearly $3 million in public health fines against the church for violating the county's strict pandemic restrictions. At a minimum, the use of geofence surveillance to monitor church attendees constitutes an egregious violation of the churchgoers' Fourth Amendment rights and an attempt to undermine protected First Amendment activities related to the freedom of speech, the free exercise of religion, and the right of people to peacefully assemble. Still, the government's use of geofence surveillance goes way beyond its impact on church members and anyone in the vicinity of the January 6th protests. The ramifications for all of us are very far-reaching. Mass surveillance has been shown to chill lawful free speech and First Amendment activities and historically has been used to stifle dissent, persecute activists, and harass marginalized communities. The chilling effect of pervasive surveillance gives rise to a constant justifiable fear in even the most compliant law-abiding citizen. Of course, that's the point. The government wants us muzzled, complacent, and compliant. So far, it's working. Americans are increasingly self-censoring and marching in lockstep with the government's and corporate America's dictates, whether out of fear or indoctrination or a combination. In the meantime, the use of geofence warrants continues to be debated in the legislatures and challenged in the courts. For instance, while the California court found that a broad geofence search warrant violated the Fourth Amendment, a federal district judge for the District of Columbia upheld the use of geofence warrants by police in connection with the events of January 6th. No matter how the courts rule, however, one thing is really clear here. These dragnet geofence searches are well on their way to becoming the eyes and ears of a police state that views each and every one of us as a potential suspect, terrorist, and lawbreaker. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and in its counterpart, The Eric Berry Diaries, this is how technologies purportedly adopted to route out dangerous criminals in our midst are used to conquer a free people. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, 
Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.